This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the internet at www.ri.ro, Channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn, Radio Romania International 1, and in Europe via satellite Utilsat 16A on 11,512 MHz, vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, this is Daniel Bills at the microphone with the news bulletin. The headlines. The government in Romania is expected to present next week a draft emergency ordinance regarding the efficiency of public spending. Ministers of Agriculture from Romania and Ukraine are having talks in Bucharest on the situation created by the cheap imports of Ukrainian grain. And the Defence Minister of Romania, Angel Tulver, is attending the meeting of the Contact Group for Ukraine underway in Rammstein, Germany. Government in Romania is expected to present next week a draft emergency ordinance regarding the efficiency of public spending. This will also include other fiscal budgetary measures which must not be perceived as austerity measures, Finance Minister Adrian Kuciu has said. According to the country's Prime Minister Nikolae Ciuca, curbing budget expenditures is aimed at falling within the deficit limits at the end of the year and is not going to affect investment and salaries. He also made an appeal to the big taxpayers urging them to pay their debts to the state. Romania will not ban the import of Ukrainian grains unilaterally and will wait for the European Commission to implement measures aimed at supporting farmers in Central and Eastern Europe, the country's Minister of Agriculture, Petre Daya, said on Friday. According to him, Romania and Ukraine will consult weekly regarding the expected volumes of grain in an attempt to limit imports. At the end of a meeting held in Bucharest with his Ukrainian counterpart Mykola Solsky, Petre Daya said that Romania stands in solidarity with farmers from Poland, Hungary, Bulgaria and Slovakia, but the rules must be made together. In turn, Mykola Solsky thanked the minister for the sincere and constructive dialogue and the Romanian people for the sincere support he has felt in the past two years. The situation we are in now requires some very quick decisions, added the Ukrainian official. The two ministers also addressed the serial crisis online a couple of days ago when Petre Daya briefed his Ukrainian counterpart on the serious situation faced by Romanian farmers and informed him about the measures taken by Romania in relation to the transit of Ukrainian cereals. 
The Romanian Minister of Defense, Angel Tilver, is today attending the meeting of the Contact Group for Ukraine, taking place in Rammstein, Germany. According to a communique issued by the Ministry of Defense, the meeting of the already established format on the support the international community is providing to the Ukrainian partner proves to be another opportunity to exchange ideas on the security situation created by the war the Russian Federation is presently waging on that country and to identify new ways of supporting the Ukrainian partner. According to Reuters, the German Minister of Defense Boris Pistorius has rejected a quick decision on Ukraine's membership at NATO. Kyiv wants to join the North Atlantic Alliance, but the country's entry either into NATO or the EU is not going to be discussed at the aforementioned meeting in Rammstein. NATO's Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg has invited President Zelensky to the NATO summit in Vilnius in July, which will have high on the agenda Ukraine's NATO accession, as well as solid security guarantees for this country. The Romanian Minister of Health, Alexandru Rafila, on Thursday signed a financing contracts through the National Recovery and Resilience Plan, PNRR, for a new hospital infrastructure. Thus, military hospitals in the country, as well as others in the capital city and the city of Constanza, will be benefiting from new wards and pavilions. At the same time, a tuberculosis diagnosis and treatment center is to be built in Bucharest. The general objective of the PNRR is the development of Romania by carrying out essential programs and projects which support resilience, the level of preparedness for crisis situations, the ability to adapt and the potential for growth through major reforms and key investments with funds allocated by the European Commission within the mechanism. And now to end the news bulletin, here is a reminder of the main stories. The government in Romania is expected to present next week a draft emergency ordinance regarding the efficiency of public spending. Ministers of Agriculture from Romania and Ukraine are presently having talks in Bucharest on the situation created by the cheap imports of Ukrainian grain. And the Defense Minister of Romania, Angel Tulver, is attending the meeting of the Contact Group for Ukraine underway in Rammstein, Germany. The government in Bucharest has promised to help farmers affected by instability on the grain market. I am Vlad Palku with a report by Bogdan Matei. Many pundits are already talking about a so-called geopolitics of grain developing on Ukraine's western borders. As early as May 2022, the EU had suspended customs duties on all products imported from Ukraine. This country's neighbors reported a massive flow of corn, wheat or sunflower. Granaries were overstocked and local prices plummeted, which sparked farmers' anger. Romania is the only neighbor of Ukraine to allow grain imports from this country. Poland and Slovakia, two otherwise staunch supporters of Kiev, have banned Ukrainian grain imports to protect local farmers. 
According to Radio Romania's correspondent in Sofia, the main reason is that despite the existence of so-called solidarity corridors, in the last year Ukraine had difficulties exporting significant volumes of foodstuffs, which disrupted production and trade chains. A traditionally Russian-friendly country and currently on bitter terms with Ukraine, Hungary too banned the imports of honey and certain meats from Ukraine until June 30th. Romanian farmers, who in turn have protested the current situation, claim their losses exceed 200 million euro due to the imports of cut-rate grain from neighboring Ukraine, which sells at approximately 100 euro per tonne. Facing the growing discontentment of citizens, but also wary of angering Brussels, the Romanian government promises to compensate farmers. Officials have announced a 10 million euro package addressing affected farmers. This adds to the 10 million euro disbursed so far by the European Commission, raising total assistance at 20 million, designed to offset expenses related to stockpiling last year's yield. Farmers can file the necessary documents at the Agriculture Payments and Intervention Agency 15 days after the decision is published in the official gazette. Asked if lawmakers plan on temporarily banning Ukrainian grain imports, government spokesman Dan Carbonaro said Romania has chosen to comply with European legislation, which places it in a position to bargain. Meanwhile, the European Commission has announced an additional assistance package for farmers worth 100 million euro, which will be divided among the five affected countries. Romania signed the financing contracts under the National Recovery and Resilience Plan for New Hospital Infrastructure. I'm Ana Maria Popescu with more details in this report written by Mihai Pelin. The Romanian Defense Minister Angel Tulver and Health Minister Alexandru Rafila have signed a number of financing contracts for healthcare infrastructure investment projects under the National Recovery and Resilience Plan, the RRP. The funds will be channeled into military hospitals around the country, as well as other hospitals in Bucharest and Constanza in the southeast. The emergency military hospitals in Sibiu, in the center, Pitesht, South Craiova, Southwest, and Brasov, in the center of the country, will receive money for revamping and for building new wards. The defense minister says patients' confidence in military hospitals is quite high and emphasized that substantial funding will be used for such hospitals. Angel Tulvar. The documents I'm honored to sign today, together with Mr. Rafila, the health minister, allow the financing of new buildings for four military hospitals in the country, which will receive around 81 million euros and a component 12 healthcare of the RRP. Also under the Recovery and Resilience Plan in Bucharest, a new TB Diagnosis and Treatment Center will be built, using some 26 million euros. The manager of the New Morphtesiology Institute, Beatrice Mahler, explains that this investment will benefit both patients and the specialists in the field. Beatrice Mahler. 
This investment has been long awaited by Romanian TB patients who fortunately, thanks to this kind of investments, will no longer feel stigmatized but also by the healthcare staff, because we want not only patients to be safe, but the personnel as well. In turn, the health minister pointed out that funding will be earmarked next for the revamping of family physician practices. Alexandru Rafila we will soon finalize all the investment contracts, both for hospital healthcare and for outpatient facilities, including family physician practices, for which the final stage will soon be reached, allowing for their financing, revamping and equipment procurement. The newly signed contracts also cover the building of a new mother and child health facility as part of the Constanza Emergency Hospital and the extension of the municipal polyclinic there. The National Recovery and Resilience Plan is designed to ensure the development of Romania by increasing its resilience in crisis situations after the COVID-19 pandemic and by capitalizing on the country's economic growth potential through major reforms and key investments. In order to receive funding, member states submit their national plans to the European Commission and receive money in installments until August 2026, depending on their meeting specific benchmarks. Romania benefits from over 29 billion euros under this facility. And this wraps up today's newscast on Radio Romania International. Don't forget you can also follow us online at rri.ro and on Facebook. Focus on Romania. Coming up next in today's broadcast, it's Hit of the Day. Here is Loredana Groza's first single this year, Dream Like Diva.
Cano hay en celes You are listening to Radio Romania International. The future starts today. Welcome to The Future Starts Today. I am Kalin Kotsoyu. The future of the Republic of Moldova does not sound good at all if the war in Ukraine does not finish, as all wish it would, even if Russian troops do not actually go into the Republic of Moldova. At that point, hope for Romanians on the left bank of the river Prut would be blown up. And the moment that there ceases to be hope for the European project in the Republic of Moldova, the consequences would be as bad as a Russian occupation. This is part of the statement made for Radio Romania by Dan Dungaciu, director of the Institute for Political Science and International Relations with the Romanian Academy, who made an analysis of the situation in the former Soviet Republic. According to him, security is at stake because the Republic of Moldova cannot integrate into the European Union if it does not control its territory because a case similar to that of Cyprus would not be acceptable to Brussels. For the time being, Romania is still the shortest way for European integration for Moldova which will always be what remains standing by it when everything is taken away. In a final dramatic situation, Romania is still here, ready to take on an even tragic partnership with the Republic of Moldova. That country is in a state of uncertainty, which is generated by the incertitude in the Ukraine. Let us hope that the war, however it may end, will still leave a gap sufficiently wide between Moldova and the area under full-scale war. As Ms. Maya Sandu herself suggested, if Russian troops come even closer to Odessa and the Black Sea, then Moldova stands no real chance of being defended. And this would be, in the end, the big issue for the Republic of Moldova, the way in which it solves its security problems. As Dan Dungacu points out, Politically speaking, right now, unfortunately, in the Republic of Moldova, the side that is pro-East, or is not pro-West, has wind in its sails, as a result of the ambiguous war situation in Ukraine. Russia won't give up the idea of taking over power in Moldova, and is acting in various ways to install in Kishino an obedient ruling class. This was a statement made by the present leader in Chisinau, speaking for the voice of Bessarabia. According to the pro-West Maya Sandu, it is only the heroism of the Ukrainian army that keeps the front line far from the border between Ukraine and Moldova. But her country is facing elements of a hybrid war. This opinion is shared by Anatol Shalaru, political observer and former member of the government in Chisinau. 
Ținta unui atac hibrid din partea Rusiei este ținta unor încercări de destabilizare. The Republic of Moldova is the target of a hybrid attack from Russia. It is the target of attempts to destabilize and overthrow the government. We can see weekly protests in Chisinau by the Shore Party and their supporters, but these are not economic or political protests. These are paid protests. No one comes to these protests without money. They are all paid starting from 20 euro, up to thousands of euro, depending on their particular task. Sadly, until a few months ago, the Republic of Moldova's governors did not want to admit the existence of this provocation, did not want to admit it is the target of a hybrid war, and that we are, directly or indirectly, in the crosshairs in this war waged by Russia. External pressures can destabilize gravely the internal situation in Moldova, because state institutions are weak and not up to the task of dealing with these challenges. As for the war in Ukraine, the analyst added, the pressure is great, and only Ukraine's victory can guarantee Moldova's security and guarantee bringing to a conclusion negotiations to join the EU, guaranteeing at the same time issues with separatism. Because once Ukraine's army prevails in this war, the Russian army, which is illegally stationed in Transnistria, can simply go home in peace, because no one will allow this foothold in Transnistria. The separatists, which are now encouraged by Moscow, pro-Russian parties and the fifth column, which get money and support from Moscow, will no longer get support. Transnistria separatism, which is propped up by the Russian army, free Russian gas and economic aid from Moscow, will no longer get these things, because the gas pipeline that reaches Transnistria crosses the territory of Ukraine. Gagau's separatism, which is also encouraged by Moscow, and partially by Hungary, will cease to exist, and then many of the problems we have today will vanish. Anatol Shalaro added that the Republic of Moldova is going through a very hard time, and it should be mentioned that it could always rely on help from Romania, without whose help it could not have weathered all the crises it faced so far. As the political analyst concluded, Romania was Moldova's advocate in the West, in the EU. There has not been a single meeting in Brussels or in any other place in the world discussing this area's problems, in which Romania failed to bring up the issues with the Republic of Moldova, bringing up the help that Europe has to grant a small country, which is the weak link in this political area. You've been listening to The Future Starts Today. This is Radio Romania International, cultural event. Hello and welcome to our culture feature, I'm Kalin Kotsoyim. The Bucharest Municipal Museum has a single astronomical observatory in the capital city open to the public, the Admiral Vasile Ursano Astronomical Observatory. The admiral, who lived between 1848 and 1926, was the founder of the Romanian Astronomical Society and its first president in 1908, 
and also that of the People's Astronomical Observatory built with his own finances in 1910. The building is in the shape of a ship, having at its highest point an astronomical dome 5 meters in size. Upon its inauguration, the observatory had a high-quality Zeiss lens with a diameter of 150 millimeters. After the Admiral's demise, his wife donated the building to Bucharest City Hall, and so it came to play a major role in popularizing astronomy. We spoke with as museographer Adrian Shonka from the Urban Anthropology section about the exhibition housed by the museum in the observatory called The Sky in Wavelengths. Our exhibition is made up of five big-sized panels on which we depict the sky in several kinds of light. We have a small panel for explanations. We thought that people needed to see images of the sky, of cosmic objects, in all the types of light that astronomers can observe. The exhibition is available until the autumn, on any evening we are one. For each type of light used to study the skies, we have an image of the entirety of it, depending on the type of light revealed. You can see different objects. In the visible spectrum, we can see many stars and clouds of dust. In the infrared spectrum, we can only see dust clouds, but in X-rays or gamma rays, you can see the hottest objects in the universe. We have a picture of the center of our galaxy in every type of light. At the center of our galaxy, there is a supermassive black hole, and its image and its edges change depending on the type of light you use to observe it. For instance, radio waves can reveal the black hole and the disk around it. In infrared, we can only see the dust clouds that are in the same direction as the black hole, and in the visible spectrum, we can only see the stars. Adrian Shonka explained to us the way in which we perceive the sky with the naked eye or with instruments. It is very interesting to think of the light that can be detected by our retinas. We humans and many animals on Earth have adapted to the light that the sun emits in the highest amount. We call this the visible spectrum, and this is how we perceive the skies. It is this kind of light that usually the stars that are not too cold and not too hot emit. All we can see with the naked eye in the sky would be stars, cold stars, and we can see the dust clouds illuminated by the stars in our galaxy. With gamma or X-rays, we can see the hottest objects in the universe, the supernovas or their remains, because gas gets hot around massive stars. We can also see galaxies containing black holes. Our eyes have adapted to the light emitted by the sun, which crosses our atmosphere and reaches our eyes. Next in this program... Sports. Welcome to Sports Weekend with me, Eugen Nasta. We begin with news from wrestling. As part of the European Wrestling Championships, underway in Zagreb, Croatia, Andrea Anna on Thursday won gold in the 55kg category. In the final, Andrea outclassed Hungary's Erika Bognar. Also on Thursday, Catalina Accente walked away with bronze in the 76-kilogram category. In the decisive confrontation, Accente defeated Ukrainian challenger Anastasia Osniac. 
The competition draws to a close on Sunday. We recall that at the 2022 edition of the Championships held in Budapest, Romania won four medals. The Romanian delegation's scintillating feat back then was the gold medal, also provided by this year's star competitor, Andrea Ana. Alina Vuk and Krista Inze won bronze in the 50 and the 65-kilogram category, respectively. In the men's version of the competition, Nico Ojog won silver in the Greek-Roman style in the 87-kilogram category. The coming weekend will see the European Weightlifting Championships drawing to a close in Yerevan. No Romanian athlete has remained in the competition as we speak. In Yerevan, the Romanian delegation won 14 medals. In the 49-kilogram category, Mihaela Kambei, then Andrea Kotruza in the 55-kilogram category, and Loredana Toma in the 71-kilogram category won three gold medals each in the snatch style, the clean-and-jerk style, and combined. Also in the women's version of the competition, in the 45-kilogram category, Cosmina Pana walked home with silver in the snatch style and combined, while in the men's version of the competition, in the 55-kilogram category, Valentin Young won silver in the clean-and-jerk style and combined. In the Romanian Football Super League, fixtures are scheduled at the weekend, counting towards the fifth round as part of Group 1, Group 2 stage. On Friday, Shepsi Svantu Gheorghe play Universitata Craiova. On Saturday in Ovidio, the top of the table and the runner-up teams, Faro Constanza and CFA Cluj respectively, are pitted against each other. On Sunday, Rapid Bucharest play a home game against FCSB. Farul are at the top of the table with 39 points, CFR second placed with 38, then coming in descending order are Craiova with 32, Rapid with 28 and Shepshi with 24 points. In Group 2 on Saturday, FC Hermannstadt Sibiu play a home game against FC Argesh, while FC Botoshan play another home game against FC Craiova. And that's all from Sports Today. You can also access our sports items at rri.io and on Facebook. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next in the program, here is Music Highlights. I'm Eugen Nasta. We have prepared for today a fine choice of classical music pieces arranged by composer Ion Dobrinescu for flute player Ion Bogdan Stefanescu. For starters, here's an excerpt from the medley entitled Dances, composed by Ion Caglioni.
Next up in the program, here's an excerpt from Paul Constantinescu's Toccata, performing his flute player Jon Bogdan Stefanescu. And music highlights with a Transylvanian suite composed by Ioan Dobrinescu. 
Flute player Jon Bogdan Stefanescu is accompanied by guitarist Costin Soare. Living Romania. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Coming up next, Through the Looking Glass. Hello and welcome to a new edition of Through the Looking Glass. I'm Elena Enake. The European Public Prosecutor's Office, headed by the Romanian Laura Codruța-Kioveshi, the first elected prosecutor of the institution, has carried out eight searches in the city of Iași this month, including at the headquarters of the Siret Customs Office and the residences of customs officials in an investigation into a customs fraud scheme orchestrated to evade the payment of taxes and custom duties on imported tobacco. 
According to a release by the European Public Prosecutor's Office, several individuals and companies from the Czech Republic, Germany, Italy, Lithuania, Poland, Slovakia and Ukraine put in place a fraudulent customs circuit for the import of processed tobacco from the United Arab Emirates and Turkey. These tobacco products were destined for third countries such as Ukraine and Kazakhstan and were therefore declared as being in transit via the EU, which allows for the suspension of the payment of taxes until the goods are acquired in the country of their final destination. In reality, though, according to the evidence collected, the goods did not leave the EU area and were instead sold illegally on the black market in some EU countries, including Belgium and Germany. This was allegedly done with the complicity of Romania customs officers at the Siret Customs Office, which is the main customs point at the Romanian border with Ukraine. It is alleged that between June 2017 and January 2018, a total of 50 shipments of processed tobacco products were declared as being in transit through the European Union, the majority originating in Italy, the release also reads. There were also shipments starting from Germany, Lithuania and Czechia. The investigators believe that the vehicles declared at the Siret Customs Office as transporters of tobacco were in reality empty to simulate the transit to third countries and evade the payment of taxes and customs duties. As a consequence, the goods were sold within EU countries at huge profits while evading tax, excise and VAT collection. It is estimated that the scheme caused damages of over 650,000 euros in customs duties alone. On the 4th of April, searches were carried out by the European Delegated Prosecutors of the EPPO's YASH office. In order to recover the damages to the national and EU budgets, the law enforcement agents seized real estate, five properties and cash in different currencies, including Euro, US dollars, Romanian Leo and Ukrainian Grivna. All persons concerned are presumed to be innocent until proven guilty in the competent Romanian courts of law. You are listening to Radio Romania International. To protect bees and people's health, a European citizens' initiative dubbed Safe Bees and Farmers had been launched, calling on the European Commission to propose legal acts to phase out synthetic pesticides by 2035 and to restore natural ecosystems in agricultural areas so that farming becomes a vector of biodiversity recovery. The initiative also calls on the Commission to reform agriculture by prioritizing small-scale, diverse and sustainable farming, supporting a rapid increase in agroecological and organic practice, and enabling independent farmer-based training and research into pesticide-free farming. The initiative was signed by 1,054,973 people of whom 24,829 from Romania alone. On April 5th, the Commission welcomed the initiative and acknowledged the importance of the European Citizens' Initiative 
in particular as the interlinked crisis of climate change, pollution and biodiversity loss constitute growing challenges for Europe's agriculture and food security. In the EU, one in three bee and butterfly species is in decline, whereas 80% of crop and wild flowering plant species depend on animal pollination. Half of agricultural land in the European Union already runs the risk of having a pollination deficit. The threat to the existence of pollinators is a threat to food security and to life on the planet. The European Commission said in a communique that the success of the Citizens' Initiative is a clear sign of the large public support for action in favor of pollinators, biodiversity and sustainable farming, and called on the European Parliament and the Council to find swift and ambition agreements on the already submitted legislative proposals that will help protect and restore European pollinators and translate the citizens' ambition into law. The European Citizens' Initiative Save Bees and Farmers reflects public concerns about the environmental and social-economic sustainability of European agriculture. The European Citizens' Initiative was launched in April 2012 as a means for citizens to set the agenda in a wide range of policy areas. This allows one million citizens from at least seven EU member states to invite the European Commission to propose legal action in areas where the Commission has the power to do so. The European Citizens' Initiative is one of the key innovative tools to promote participatory democracy on EU level. To date, the Commission has received 125 requests to launch an European Citizens' Initiative. Nine so far were submitted to the Commission after having reached the threshold of 1 million signatures. The Save Bees and Farmers Towards a Bee-Friendly Agriculture for a Healthy Environment Initiative is the seventh European Citizens' Initiative to which the Commission responds. This initiative aligns with calls through which citizens insist on the need for a safe, sustainable, just, climate-responsible and affordable production of food, safeguarding biodiversity and ecosystems while ensuring food security. You have been listening to Through the Looking Glass. I leave you in the company of music. Listen to DJ Sava featuring Raluca with a song entitled The Scent. Until next time, it's goodbye.
puse Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Wrapping up today's broadcast on Radio Romania International, it's our daily traditional music segment, Simply Folk. I'm Ana Maria Popescu and our guest today is Dumitru Sopon. In the early days of Dumitru Sopon's career, the famed conductor Constantin Arvinte once said, if Dumitru Sopon devotes himself to collecting a genuine traditional repertoire, he will get to be one of Romania's greatest traditional vocalists. And Dumitru Sopon did just that, becoming not only one of Romania's greatest traditional musicians, but one of the country's ambassadors overseas. During his decades-long career, Dumitru Sopon collected and promoted folklore from the counties of Cluj, Bihor, Maramures, Pistrița Nasoud and Banat in the west of the country. Here is now with a song recorded in the studios of the Romanian Radio Broadcasting Corporation with Nicolae Baluza as a conductor. And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. 
You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 17 UTC on 13,750 kHz in the DRM system and on 15,180 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs, tomorrow, at 11 UTC on 15,320 and 17,670 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet, at www.rri.ro, channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at rri.ro. Goodbye.